Oh, there we go. Yeah, now it's recording. Okay. I don't know what it was. Uh, I guess it's intro time. Mm-hmm. Who goes first? You go first, I go first. <laughs> <laughs> we rate the dads. 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 Um. Okay. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the podcast. I'm Danny. I'm Julia. And uh, I guess you're here to listen to us tell you what we think of some fictional dads. Okay. Since this is our first episode, we thought we would give you guys a bit more of a rundown on what we're going to do, what the rules are going to be um and like how this whole thing is going to work so the first thing to say is that we are going to um each bring along a a dad from a fictional media um piece of work tv show movie game each week and we're going to rate them as we have a special episode where we might do just all the dads in a single fictional universe yeah like Exactly. Like all the Star Wars dads or all the Lord of the Rings dads. But those will be to come. Um, So here are our rules that we're going to follow as we do this. We're only going to rate them on the parenting skills that we see in the media. We're not going to like talk about their morality of their actions or that they're a terrible person. We're only rating the dad skills. Secondly, we're not rating real people. They're fictional dads. If they're fictional dads based on a real person then we have to wait until that real person is very dead and maybe their children are even dead as well so we don't feel weird about this. Um, also, FYI, there will be spoilers because we can't talk about their parenting skills that we see in the media if we're not talking about what they do in the movie. So if they have a big part in it, then they're going to spoil a lot of the plot. Mm. And we'll probably take you through a little bit of the plot as well so you have context for this yeah. judgment. Um, okay, so the rules of rating are as follows. Uh, we have four different levels. We've got, first of all, flatliners where we don't have enough information to actually rate them. We'll just be like, we can't talk about them because they don't care enough to give us a lot of information. They mm. clearly didn't want us to rate them, truly. Yeah, we, if they're a flatliner, it means we don't really see them doing any parenting, but we know that they are a dad. Yeah, we've got to cover them anyway because somebody will tweet at us. Secondly, we have the uh, just knows. Our rating system is based on whether you or me, me and Julia, would leave a child with this person. So for our lowest rating of just no, you'd be like, absolutely not, never, never again. They're a terrible parent. There's so many issues here. We might as well just not. Yeah. We've got the next step up, which is complex. And that's like, let me give you some notes on parenting. Yeah. You might need to read a parenting book. Maybe you're not connecting emotionally very well with your child. Mm. There are some issues there. Yeah. And then you've got valid where it's like, yeah, fine, no problem. I can leave them with them and they'll be all right. They're not going to come out with too many weird emotional issues or, you know, be in actual danger. Yeah. So, yeah, that's our Physical danger, system. not good. As somebody who has been in loco parentis, although not actual parentis. No. No. Don't put children in danger. Okay. Right. Um, all right, oh. so I guess... Julia, go first. Yes. My, my dad I am bringing today is the dad from Marriage Story. So if you guys have been living under a rock... There's a new film out on Netflix with Adam Driver, Scarlett Johansson in it, and they're having a divorce. Except not really, their characters are having a divorce. It's a messy. Yeah, it's very messy. Um, and Adam Driver's character, Charlie Barber, 
is uh, the dad that I'm going to be rating today. There aren't really any other dads in this show, so it's just going to be the one. Um, he's dad to Henry, who is eight, I believe. Although I'm probably going to have to check this on Wikipedia later and put in a correction if I was wrong. Those are so efficient and good at researching. I don't even know what my dad's name is. <laughs> it's just the dad. Okay. Um, anyway, so I, uh, I think that Charlie counts on our scale as a complex dad. Um, I had this conversation with Danny yesterday before we did the filming and she thought he was valid and now she's changed her mind. So I can already put this down as a win for me. <laughs> and she's running away. <laughs> okay. Um, so, um, obviously this is all going to have spoilers in. So I'm going to tell you a little bit about, um, what he does as a dad that makes me think that he is complex. Um, so obviously these guys are getting a divorce. Um, to give you a little bit of a background, uh, in the setting of the film, they originally, the family live in New York. So Adam Driver's character, Charlie, his wife, who's Scarlett Johansson's character, Nicole, and their son, Henry. Um, and they work in theater. So Charlie is a director and Nicole is an actress. And she was a teen actress in some films when she was younger. Um, but now she works in theatre in his company. Um, and the whole reason they're getting divorced is basically because she doesn't feel like her dreams that she had have... She doesn't feel listened to. Yeah, she doesn't feel listened to and she doesn't feel like she's been able to explore her own yeah. side of life and has been doing everything for the theatre company and for him. Um, so she gets a role in a pilot of a TV show in LA that then gets taken to series and she wants to move there um, and they basically end up splitting up over this and Henry moves to LA with her which is where quite a lot of the issues are going to kind of come in um, well you've got to, got to get that background info got to get that background info otherwise it doesn't make any sense um, and now I have my very messy pieces of notes that I made five minutes ago. So this is probably not going to make sense. Um, I've got some good points in Charlie's favour. Um, at the beginning of the movie, we get this kind of little montage where uh, both parties have written like a little note that they're taking to the, um, uh, what's it called? Mediator. Yes. When they're getting separated. And I will point out, she calls him a good dad in this Yes, year. that's what I was going to say. Um, so we kind of see like a little, like a sort of flashback sequence where we see all the points that the, each of them has been making. Although they don't ever end up actually telling this to each other because the, the, the meeting doesn't go well. Um, and in the... I mean, he finds out about it at the end, spoilers. Yeah, spoilers. But I mean, it's spoilers. We spoilers. Um, so uh, in Nicole's one, she talks about how Charlie loves being a dad. Uh, I think she says, like, even the bits that you're supposed to hate, like tantrums and getting woken up in the middle of the night and that kind of stuff. Goes and sleeps in his kid's bed. Yes, he does. Um, in a single... <laughs> yeah. In a single <laughs> After he's bed. had a nightmare. Um, and, I mean, this is this is Adam Driver we're talking about. So, like... He's a small man. <laughs> I can't imagine that was comfortable. No, no. Um, so you see little things like that kind of at the beginning... Um, which makes you think that he has kind of a good relationship with his son and he's really interested in being a dad. So that's, that's like in his favour, definitely. Yeah. Um, and 
Yeah, we, we also see other other good it's places to come to. as well, which is, I feel, an important point in the dad. All dads yeah. be. Turn the light off. my dad always turns the light off when nobody's in the room. Sometimes when you're in the room, remember that. Okay. Oh, if I say my dad's not energy conscious, does this mean that he's not valid anymore? No, I think he is. It's just, I'm saying it's a cliche. It's a he hasn't double-glazed his house. <laughs> <laughs> I love you, dad, but seriously. He's <laughs> setting his money on fire. <laughs> just burning it in the fireplace. Yep. Um, anyway, moving on. Um, so once this divorce starts going through, this is kind of where quite a lot of the things happen that I feel it's are... It's a stressor. He, he, I mean, he is stressed, but I, I feel like you don't get to use that as an excuse for the way through. So. I don't know what I'm saying. It's like, excuse them, just... I know. People are stressed and afraid and they don't act their best. That's true. Um, so the big, huge motivator for him, for Charlie, the dad is that he wants to continue living in New York and he kind of views them as a New York family, even though it is very clear to, I think, most people, the audience, the other characters, that Nicole wants to live in LA and wants to move there with Henry and be there permanently and that she's not going to come back to New York. She maybe hasn't communicated this perfectly very well to him at the beginning, but... um, Yeah. She had said during their marriage that she maybe wanted to go back and live there for a bit, that they could try that out, and he kind of shut her down on this. He's not doing a huge amount mm. of listening or reading between the lines. Mm. So this is his kind of main motivation, and it, it leads to a lot of kind of, I guess, parenting issues in the sense of him choosing to make poor choices in the hope that he can kind of get this outcome that he wants. Yeah. And from what I read into the movie, at least like what I was kind of feeling points it almost seems like well this is probably not true but it was kind of coming across that way that he cared a bit more about new york than yes pretty much anything else like one uh, of his uh, needs he wanted to fulfill was have a family based in new york. york yeah maybe not taking into account the needs of the son or his ex-wife exactly um and so he continues to kind of live in new york as all of this divorce is going on. This is where his job is. It is where his job is. Um, and the divorce is happening in LA because that is where the divorce papers were served and the, where they got married as well. Yes, and where they got married. Yeah, so um, he kind of is going back and forth from New York to LA uh, to visit his son. And like one of the the things that really, like, kind of like the main things that happened um was but basically he he doesn't he puts off responding to the divorce papers which is ends up like biting him in the ass in a really big way yeah he gets this phone call from uh the lawyer nora who's played by uh laura dan who is fantastic she's great great. so expressive with her arms yeah yeah um you get kind of like Slightly wine mom vibes, but also like she's a shark and she will hunt you down. She's like she's like she's like a she's like a killer whale. It's prettier than a shark, but yeah. it will still murder you. Exactly, exactly. Um, and so she rings him up. Uh, it's like over like over a month after he's been served the divorce papers, and he hasn't responded to them yet. It's been thirty days. Is it? it? She said it'd been after that because. Oh. Um, it had already gone over that point oh, and she okay. gave him until the end of the week. So it kind of already gone over the 30 days and he's having this conversation on the phone. She says, you know, like basically we can file for a default judgment against you and we'll, we can get whatever we want. We can get all your money. We can. And he's like, I don't really care about that. He's like, well, we can get custody, like complete custody. 
And this obviously really upsets him, which is a good point in his favour because he does not want to lose his son. But it says it on the divorce papers and he read it and he still didn't kind of get his ass engaged and do anything about it. She told him that he could take as much time as he wanted, which he should have been like, oh, that's just her being nice and she'd get off my butt and do it. But he took her as they're not communicating well yeah. neither of them is communicating what they mean mm. or he's not listening and she's maybe not saying yeah exactly what she means exactly and i think this is this is like something that should be a big priority to you even if you want to take the time to find the right lawyer and stuff you that still should be kind of the main thing on your mind that you is on your to-do list um uh and so eventually he has to hire the only, pretty much the only lawyer that he can find, there was two options, but the old um, lawyer, I don't, I don't really know how to describe that. How would you describe that? The kindly old grandpa Winnie the Pooh. Yeah. Um, like, he still had a bit of an edge to him. But oh, he definitely had a little bit, I and mean, she's a lawyer. Yeah. <laughs> but compared to all the other lawyers that we see. And then the, like, sharky... Uh, power suit. The good wife. It's like the lawyers in that. What's his name? The lawyer in that. What's I haven't that? watched the good wife. The family lawyer in that one. I'm gonna look it up. Okay, you do that. Um, he, you know, twenty five thousand dollar retainer, big glass windows in that office overlooking all of LA, um, and very, very, very aggressive. And you can kind of tell this from the, the first meeting. I think there's like a. A cushion in his office that says eat, drink, and remarry on it. So you kind of get the idea. David Lee. Anyway, yes. absolute demon. Excellent addition there. I don't know who this is. Okay. Um, and Burr is, I don't know, he's kind of got this sort of like down to earth thing where he's going to be like, I will help you as much as I, I, like, I can. I'm going to be but straight with you. I'm going to be straight with you. And I, this is what I think you should do. And I'm going to give you advice. And I want this to be like, uh, as painless as possible even though it's obviously going to be really stressful and horrible I want everything to work out the best for all of you and kind of I want it to work out well for your son and for your wife as well like and it's he he really endears himself to the audience and Charlie hires him and at this big meeting that they're having with Nicole and her lawyer Nora they go off to this side room and they're having this big I discussion and but tells him that maybe he should just drop New York and come and live in LA and that that would be the best thing to do because yeah. otherwise it's probably going to end up going to court and it's going to be really bad for everybody, including Henry. And, you know, we're all kind of sitting there watching this and we're thinking, maybe, yeah, he's, he's right. He's probably telling you the right thing to do. Yeah. And Charlie decides that he doesn't want to do that and he ends up hiring the sharky lawyers with the eat, drink, and remarry cushion. Yes. And they go to court. Spoilers. Um, yeah. I think a dead David Lee would have won. Just saying. Mm. It would have been so expensive. But that man would have got some weird blackmail. Yeah. Um, but and I think this is this is a point against him because I feel like this is him at the point now where other people are telling him, as well as his wife, who's obviously there and being antagonistic towards each other, so he's maybe not going to listen to her. Other people are telling him, you know, this is what you should do. This is what the best option is. And he's still not choosing to listen to it. So I still think he's like kind of putting his idea of what he wants first and not thinking about other people's needs. And it also obviously escalates the 
sort of tension and the yeah. resentment between the two of them, which obviously isn't a parenting choice so much for his child, but that's going to affect things in the future. That he kind of he'd lost the battle before he'd already started because if they had done the divorce in New York, there's no way they would have uprooted the kid and moved them to LA. Like you yeah. can see why he thought that they should stay in LA. But once they'd already done it, I don't think it would take a lot for a judge to decide to move them back to New York and disrupt this kid's life again. Exactly. And I think it took him a while to realize that. Or like even because the thing is, is that the law doesn't actually follow common sense. Yeah. It does whatever it wants. Exactly. It follows the law and it's very cold and impersonal because it just looks at the facts. It doesn't yeah. care that you're a nice person. I think if this is the first time you've ever brushed up against it, it can take a while to wrap your head around the facts. Mm. And um, yeah, I think he, he kind of had this sort of default attitude for quite a lot of the movie that he it was just going to kind of go his way eventually, it seemed. Like he was, he really wanted to fight for it, but until that point where they're having that meeting... With Bert and Nora and Nicole, I think he's he's kind of got this view that obviously I've got the right point of view, so eventually it will go that way. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay, so there's a, there's a couple of other tiny things um, that I have on my list. So one is about Halloween. Um, Danny's smirking at me like she knows what I've got written down because we've had this conversation already. Um, so the probably the biggest section of time that you see him interacting with Henry in the film is um, over this Halloween period where um, he's going to LA and they're going to go and have Halloween there and, and dress up and go around and get candy and all that kind of stuff. Um, and you see beforehand that he's got one of the costume designers at his stage company to make costumes for them, which is really sweet. Yeah. Um, there's like a Frankenstein one for Henry and he's got like an Invisible Man one. Yes. They're actually very good quality costumes. We'll say actually you don't see like, because the film is very clever in that you don't ever see them having conversations about it. They'll refer back to combos they had where mm. he'll be like, stuff was agreed and she'll be like, was it? And like, you never see the conversations to clear yeah. up whether it was, it was or not. Yeah, exactly. Very ambiguous. So the, he's going into this thinking that, you know, he's going to take... Henry out for Halloween because it's coming down to visit yep. and she's kind of going into this thinking like oh well he's really excited about doing stuff with his cousins and I bought him this costume because he and wanted his, it. His sister was upset with Charlie. Yeah so I guess Henry's gonna go and she do stuff with him so yeah, not do stuff together. Yeah. Um, and basically they ha- they tried to resolve this by having two Halloweens. Um, so Henry's going to go off with his cousins and his aunt and go and do wear his ninja costume and go and do Halloween with them. And then um, he was going to get dropped off at the hotel where Charlie was staying and then they're going to go do Halloween together. Um, By the time Henry gets there, it's it's quite late. We don't know what time it is. It's dark outside, obviously. Um, So probably like, I don't know. It's October. It could be, I don't know what the the darkness of time. 5 p.m., 6 p.m. Okay. Um, Let's not, should we... We, I can look this up, but I, let's not get let's not get so Anyway, um, it's quite late. It's quite late. It's all finished. All the candy's gone. Um, People have gone to bed. So yeah. it's entirely possible that it is a bit later. Like, yeah, maybe eight. And Charlie's choice is like, okay, we're going to do second Halloween. And Henry's like, I'm tired. We'll go to sleep. Chester's candy on the floor. But he gets him back into the car, 
and they go and drive off and try and find a neighborhood to go around. It's like not where near where he is in his hotel, like just off somewhere. And they knock on the doors and there's nobody around. And they're clearly he doesn't like know anything about LA. He's never been. He's not. Yeah, been exactly. There yeah, and everybody's clearly not having a good time. Charlie's not having a good time. Henry's not having a good time. Um, and it's just a miserable experience with both of them. And this was something that I just like. I really felt was again. It was like just showing how he had this idea of what he wanted. Very excited to do, do it. it, and he wasn't able to let it go for like the good of his child. And it just, it just really annoyed me personally. It just really annoyed me. There we go. That's sad. where it's coming from. It's coming from that emotional place of annoyance. It was sad, but also it could have. He could have had much more fun evening. They could have got eaten the candy that he'd got from his first having because he brought it with him. Yeah. Because sat on the sofa. They could have made jokes. They I could, know. Yeah. But what you've been looking forward to something outrageous. Yeah. And you can't do it. You kind of want to do it. Yeah, you kind of want to do it, but you're like I think at some point you've got to be a very human failure. I yeah, it's, I mean it's not a great. He probably should have just called it a night. Yeah, but. you kind of got to consider what when you're when you're a parent, you've got to consider how is this going to be for my child as well as like I really want to do this, you know? Yeah, <laughs> has very high standards. I have very high standards. Okay, it's not going to be many valid. Like, nobody possible. got hurt. Nobody got died. It was a fine evening, except when he like. Almost bled out on the floor. Just as a spoiler, you haven't got to that point yet. Come on. <laughs> okay, yeah, like last. Uh, no, second to last bit. Well, kind of, they're kind of linked. So um, they have family visits with uh, this lady bandaged by the court to come and kind of see them with Charlie. And um, at his one, it's two things. One is that he's helping Charlie, trying to help Charlie to read. And this is, seems to be like kind of like a running theme through the movie that kind of gets mentioned every now and then that. Um, Charlie doesn't seem to like be reading at anywhere near the level that he should be for the age that he is and that it's sort of falling through the cracks as Danny was saying kind of like screams of dyslexia and yeah, somebody needs to do is. something about it um, and I mean that's not so much like a negative or a positive point really like he's trying to help but he's not really doing it effectively but I guess he doesn't really necessarily know that much about this sort of stuff so pretty well he's, he's, he's like he's trying his best so no, i think he's doing okay he's like spelling it out for him so he can learn yeah. what the shapes the sound makes the only thing you can do really with dyslexia if you don't know what the techniques are is to yeah. repeat exactly he's putting in the effort mm. reading with him which is yeah but it does seem like there was like a school meeting or something we don't know if they ever actually went or got it organized yeah it's just mentioned emails. yeah um but after Henry goes to bed. Um, Charlie tries to show the lady something about this running knife joke thing in the family and accidentally, like, slices a big cut in his arm. It's bleeding everywhere. It's horrendous. It's, like, the most painful thing to watch I have ever watched in my life. Uh, no, it's gross. Anyway, um, it's very graphic. No, it's yeah, not graphic. It's, it's, I mean, it's not that blood. graphic, but it was a lot of blood. And... He nearly passes out. Yeah, he nearly passes out. He's lying on the floor. No, they cut to black. I was like, oh, Christ, are we going to... Is he going to bleed out on the floor? What's happening? (laughs) That was fun. Yeah. um, Yeah, so generally not making a good impression. I don't think... Well, you're cutting out a lot of good stuff that he did for the rest of the visit. He put up his son's 
drawings on the wall. Yeah. It's pretty valid. You can put anything else up on the wall apart from this nice picture. Played with him a little bit. Mm. And the lady was talking to her son, his son about him. Yeah. He was like, I mean, he said nice things about his dad. He yeah. had quite a good relationship. Mm. Although he did say that he wanted to stay in LA. Yeah. That would have been probably I, a good thing for Charlie to hear. Yes. Um, and he made dinner. Yeah, he made yeah. dinner. Anyway, so that is my summary of Charlie Bobber from Marriage Story. Make him eat vegetables and coriander. Some people genetically just think Coriander tastes like soap, though, so there is that thing. <laughs> uh, what do they call it in America? It's not coriander. Uh, I don't know. Cilantro. There we go. For all our American listeners that we're definitely going to have. I don't think that was it, though. He just said, I don't like green things. It's yeah, like it was like, like green things. It was like little green garnish on top. It looked like coriander. Yeah. So, yeah. Right. Danny, do you agree with me? I think you left some good stuff out. Like a bit whether he reads to him in bed, reads in bedtime stories. It's very valid behavior. Yeah. Spending time with his kid. I made these notes five minutes ago, okay. based off what I could remember, so <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, what else? Um, I, agree, I agree broadly with what your point is, that he, this is clearly like, he's put, he's putting what he wants above, or what? He, wants, he thinks he knows what's best for his kid, and I think he didn't he didn't think that the move to LA was permanent. Mm. If that makes sense. Yeah, and I don't. I think he found it difficult to listen to. Yes. It, like his wife and it, and his kid when they were expressing their preferences when it went against what he wanted. Yes, I agree. I think so. Um, but I think also that he was, I think he is broadly speaking a good dad from mm. what we see at the beginning and what we see at the end where it's like the next Halloween and... Yeah, this uh, is something we should mention. Like, this is based entirely, like, my, the complex judgment is based entirely on what we see in the movie. Like, probably if we judged him overall from what they imply for before and after, for, like, his whole life as a dad, he probably would end up in the valid yeah, box. Because, but. like, I mean, he a bit like his, what, like a year later, he moves to LA to be with mm. his kid more. He was always spending a lot of money, a lot of money to fly out and yeah. see him. He was spending a lot of money to rent a house so he could spend time with Henry in a safe environment that wasn't a hotel. Yeah. And, like, to try and get as much custody as he could. I think he was just in a bit of a pinch. Yeah. Um, and I think it was stressful and from a place of theory got very defensive. Yeah. A little too and defensive. And some maladaptive behaviours. Yes, Exactly. Of steamrolling people, possibly? I don't know. Yeah, a little bit. A little bit. That was maybe more what he was doing before the before. divorce. Yes. That was the main problem with yeah. their relationship. Well, it's fine. But, like, there's a very human fallibility and, like, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm not saying that if somebody's a complex dad, that doesn't mean it's just, like, it can just totally be normal shit. Yeah, like, I think it probably is very yeah. normal. Yeah. But we just, we're just getting, and really, to be honest with you, as long as they're still a beneficial force in their kid's life, I think that they would still be valid, even if they had complex elements. Mm. But the problem is, is that we don't see. Yeah, we don't just see getting, that much. We're just getting that. a big slice of complex. Yeah. yeah. Cool. All right. What have you got for us? Okay, so I've got, I had to look up his name because I forgot. I just, we're doing Tomb Raider from 2018 with Lord Richard Croft. I looked up his mm. name and checked it. He's, well, I'm pretty sure he's a lord in all the Tomb Raider kind of lore. Yeah, but yeah. I didn't know what his name was. 
okay, so plot. Laura Croft is a is a courier, um, and she doesn't believe her dad is dead. That's basically the intro. She's decided some paperwork to like inherit stuff, otherwise it goes to the government, because it's been like seven years, and like you just declare your dad legally dead. We looked it up, you actually do have to do that. Yeah, you like they the don't automatically do get no. declared legally dead unless you tell the government that yeah. you, you think that they're dead. You have yeah. to send in a form. You have to sign stuff. So she won't she she goes in to sign the paperwork because Anne Anne? Anne. Anne tells her that otherwise it's going to, like, be taken away, whatever, presumably. Or maybe she's going to get it because she runs the company. Yeah, maybe we'll just go to the company. Yeah. Um, and then in the will, she gets, like, a puzzle box thing and she she solves the puzzle and it leads her to, like, finding her dad's secret office with full of weird cryptic shit. Um, and then she follows the clues to try and find her dad or at least see for herself to, like that he died. You know, yeah. I think she just wants to find out what happened. And then some traumatic stuff happens. Some very upsetting, plain, noisy, creaking things, smothering people to death stuff. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, she, she gets into a fight. She gets into a fight on an island. There's a weird, creepy disease lady. Yeah. That's basically all the plot you need to know. It's fine. We'll get into it. Um, so, dad moments... Um, oh, in case it, that wasn't obvious, he wasn't dead. He wasn't dead. He's on the island, so we do get to oh, see his parenting skills. Like, I mean, what else were we going to do? <laughs> he was dead. We're the the end. <laughs> <laughs> okay, right. So um, I put, he leaves weird messages from beyond the grave. And I put that as kind of like maybe a negative point. Because, I mean, if you're dead, you should probably leave clear concise instructions yeah. about why you should burn stuff yeah he tells uh, her to burn his notes on the himiko project yeah and he doesn't say it he just says just burn them just burn them and like she, wasn't she a teenager at the time he went missing so yeah. i feel like you know you've got to explain otherwise the teenagers would be like, mm, like what's this I, like burn it or this weird disease will be released on the world and it'll be very bad mm-hmm um he was obsessed with the supernatural or like finding is that what he said i think that's what he said yeah. after her mother died he couldn't deal with the grief so he kept going off on adventures which again i feel is negative yeah deal with your emotions uh not avoid them yeah She'd done some therapy uh, maybe then having some expensive weird vacations where you yeah. nearly got shot yeah in time with his Put, kid putting your life at risk when you have a child not such a great However, I have got, he has lots of pictures of Laura on his desk. Mm. So he clearly had a lot of affection for her. They had, he had a cute nickname for her. And they had a cute little like forehead kiss thing they would do. It was clearly like an affectionate relationship. Um, he wasn't cold or distant with her when he was there. When he was there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when he was there. <laughs> That's a plus. Um, Oh, okay, so we've got some more negatives. He doesn't leave Providence for family heirlooms. Lara tries to pawn this necklace yeah. to get money to go try and find him. Um, and she's like, this is from this, from, she gives like three different people. I don't remember their names, whatever. One of them was the Emperor of Japan. Oh, yeah, it was, yeah. Um, and they just got it from India or something like that. Anyway, she doesn't have the Providence to like prove it, so she doesn't get as much money. I feel like you should like Providence for family heirlooms and shit like that. Please, Dad, if you need to pawn it in a... In the future. In a moment of desperate need. Um, good point. Uh, Lara proves herself very good at solving puzzles. This will come back later. Um, I think it's because he left a lot of puzzles around the house. So he was like, you know, stimulating her mind. Education, I suppose. Education, exactly. 
Um, and he also sort of like definitely instilled a sense of confidence, I feel like, in her. Like, we said she could do anything, it seems mm. like, in the flashbacks. Um, oh, he left her a helpful book full of hints, I guess. I mean, they were a bit cryptic, but like, and then maybe did bite her slightly in the butt where it gets taken by the bad guys and they managed to find. In the coast rooms full of disease. Yeah, she would never have found him though if he had no, exactly, a book. So. Exactly. So that's pretty. I mean, it's good that he left a journal of where he was going. You know, I mean, he didn't tell anybody else because they couldn't find him. But at least if he died, yeah, he would come out. Uh, he tells her that he loves her a lot in flashbacks. Over my notes, just say the ocean is terrifying. I think that's about the boat bit. Um, and then we. Oh, okay. Uh, they get captured by Walter Goggins, who is also a father. I guess it's supposed to be a parallel. Yeah, except we, we, do, we don't see him do anything, so we put him down as a flat liner. He's not parenting. Yeah, I mean, I feel personally children. that he should be a just no dad because he aims to basically do the bidding of this evil organization that's going to release evil into the world. And I mean, if you have children, even if you're not actively parenting them at that point. Maybe don't do that and cause them maybe lots know. of suffering. I don't know. I think that's outside of our scope. I feel like that's beyond our scope. Okay, that's fine. I think he's, I think, I mean, like, I think, I probably, he probably would be a just now. Yeah. Well, we don't, we don't see any of his characters. So. And then Lou Ren as well. He's a dad. You see him in a picture. He went off with Lara's dad on a boat. They uh, both died. Well, no, one of them did. Why well, his dad died. Lou Ren's dad. Yeah, Lou Ren's dad is also Ren. called Loren, so that's very confusing. He's also a flatliner because although they have a lovely picture together, we don't see anything of him, mm. really. Um, he seems to miss his dad. Seems quite yeah. sad he's dead. Yes. Well, all the alcohol probably would imply that yeah. there is. Yeah. He seems to have some underlying trauma. Um, and also he called, the sa- he called his boat the same name as his dad's boat. I think it was... No, it can't have been the same boat because otherwise they would have crashed yeah. with... Yeah, that's confusing. Maybe that's just a plot hole it and not anything hole. to do with his parenting. Um, so then they get to the island. Um, she, like, they get captured. She, like, escapes. And then she goes into this river and then she gets on this plane that makes horrible creaking noises and mm-hmm. falls off the edge of a waterfall. If you've seen the movie, you know what's happening. It's fine. I'm not gonna... It's in all the trailers. Yeah, it's in all the trailers. Uh, she, like, falls down and she... she it's quite badly stabbed in the stomach, even though you wouldn't know it from all the core work she does later. Mm. Yeah, um, like a bit of the plane, like the metal breaks off or something. Yeah. yeah. It's not nice. Uh, so that happens. Um, she murders a man by, like, well, I mean, he's trying to drag her back and kill her also, um, uh, which I think she, was very she... upsetting for her. But turn up for the books. So she realizes her dad's alive immediately after because he's, like, watching them like a weird creeper. Yeah. Um, he doesn't think that she's real at first because he's clearly gone a bit loopy being by himself on an island because he faked his death to get mm. away from the weird evil corporation people. Um, but he knows first aid, which and he looks after her, yes. which I think is a point in his favour. Definitely. He stitches her up. Yes. Uh, he gives himself a haircut after he realises that she is real, kind of like picking himself up. Like, yeah. you know, like, oh, okay, I've got to be like normal, you know. Gotta, like lose some of this crazy old man energy. Yeah. The hobo weird. Yep, he nags her about school. Uh it's taking an interest in her. I think that's probably a good thing. Like it's like you should have gone to university or whatever. You know, typical dad stuff. Yeah. Are you saying that's it was kind of poncy though. 
He was like, was it Oxford or Cambridge? Just say she's a rich, she's daughter of a lord. Which one do you think she's going to go to? Harvard. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But there is also a moment where he like, he he gets a bit patronising with her, which, I mean, the last time he saw her, she was a teenager. Mm. So in her mind, his mind, she's going to be, the relationship has kind of stagnated at that point. I can understand with it. And he gets over it fairly quickly. Yeah, but I think that's because she proves herself really capable. Yeah. And yes. he's like, okay, I'll just yeah, he follow her lead a bit. He he he's, tells her it was a mistake her coming here, which is a bit mean, considering that she's just had a very tough day. Yeah. And she also can't leave, really. Yeah. So it wasn't like he was trying to send her home for her own safety. Yes, yes, exactly. And he, like, tries to keep her in the cave and, like, she's like, no, we have to deal with this head on. Um, yeah, he gets back into his, he tries to just crawl back in and become a weird hermit. Mm. person um oh i've also got he can't okay so she goes back to free all of the other people and try and get the radio so they can get off of the island um and she's like fine i'll do it without you if she steals his bow and arrow or whatever uh she does she frees everybody and like they nearly get away with it but then her dad sort of shows up and he gets in front of the himiko's tomb he can't resist the puzzle which i feel like it's just i mean it's like really dad please this is kryptonite. Yeah, this is kryptonite. This is puzzle. It's like trying to drag, I don't know, instead of like the name of a shop your dad has to go into, like a rack, record shop or like a... Waterstones. Like a, my dad would be a kite shop or a cycling shop. He'd be like, ooh, we're going to go in. I've got you. be like, no, dad, our parking runs out in two minutes. We have to go to the car. We're going to get a ticket. Did I tell in. you about the time that we walked past Waterstones three times oh, until God, my dad was like, like <laughs> no, we this went, we went into it once. He didn't buy anything. We walked past it we went somewhere else we walked back past it and then he was like can we go back to waterstones we went back to waterstones he spent 50 quid okay so, so you know. we decided that your dad is the basic analogy for Richard Croft except puzzles uh waterstones to him yeah yes. also my dad's not a weird hammer yeah that's true yeah, yeah. <laughs> um but like oh and then he won't like he won't open the he won't open it which is probably a good thing, to be honest with you, because he thinks... But you don't know that there's a weird disease at the bottom. It's just a legend. Yeah, he just thinks it's, like, a weird dark power in the... Yeah. Because he believes in the supernatural that she's going to rise again and take over the world or something. Yeah, yeah. Um, so we won't open the tomb, and um, uh, Lara puts an arrow in somebody else, and is like, no, let my dad go. And he's mm-hmm. like, how about I kill your dad? And that's you open it, and she's like, fine. She does it. Um, he does. Her dad also says some weird cryptic stuff as well about how, like, at the end of the world, like, can you cut the cryptic stuff, yeah. please? Oh, um, doesn't he tell the guy, tell Lara to let the guy shoot him? Oh, yeah, he does. Yeah, that's uh, that's what I put me in myself sacrificing. Yeah, that's very traumatic. You shouldn't just be like, watch me get a bullet through my brain, like, two meters in front of you. That's, that's not going to put you in therapy for the rest of your life or anything. Yeah, I think that's probably, I mean, he's clearly a very dramatic, he's got a very big dramatic. Mm-hmm. Um, good old Richard. All right, some other good points. He holds. There's a bit where they have to do a bunch of Indiana Jones trials. Like, I think was it the last one, the Last Crusade, where they go across to get into some place? Yeah, yeah. The uh, the one with the Holy Grail in, which I think is Last Crusade. Maybe or is it the Ark of the Covenant? Which one is it? It's no, it's definitely the Holy Grail one okay. because they have to go across that floor and it's like the it's name of God and it's like. There are all sorts of like Jehovah and yeah, yeah, yeah. A bunch of Last Crusade stuff, and they have to go across this big gap, and he holds the ladder for her, which is very nice. She goes across. 
Um, it also compliments her and says she's like the brains of the fam and that she's worth like 10 of him, which is very nice. It's complimenting. It's about putting yourself down a bit. He needs a bit of a confidence boost, I think. Yeah. Um, he holds her hand supportively in a tense moment, supportive dad. Um, yeah, this is, explains history. Yeah, educational. It's good. When he's interested in a topic, I imagine, he's probably quite, probably could shut him up. Explaining stuff. Yeah, that might get really annoying after a while. It could actually get annoying. Maybe that should be a negative. Um, he gets her out of the, the place for Himiko, spoilers, is not like a weird supernatural creature. She just has like this crazy disease of which she's a character and cannot be affected. Um, and anybody who touches her, weird, like a weirdly like preserved corpse. Mm, yeah. It must be very dry. dry yeah. Hair. It's like kind of mummy-ish, yeah. but it's not quite shriveled enough to be an actual mummy. Yeah. Anyway, you touch it and your hand goes like weirdly black and then it like gets all over you and into your face. And like, ah, it's horrible. It's yeah. really quite gross. You die very quickly. So it seems amazing that this disease could manage to spread yeah. and actually cause significant global damage. But also, there we go. you don't quite know how it survived that long. Julia thinks it's a virus. Yeah, it's got to be a virus. Yeah. They're not alive. So how could it die? Ooh. Just, please don't terrify the listeners. God. <laughs> Uh, they have a nice goodbye because he's been touched by somebody else who got infected, so he mm. got infected, um, and he tells her to go, and they have a very nice send-off, um, and he, he, he tells her he loves her and then sends her off. Yeah, and he uses his last moments to blow up the tomb so nobody else can catch the disease. Exactly. So that's all of his dad, I mean, they, it's whatever they get off of the island, it's everything sort of fine. I mean, if your dad dying, it's not a very sad moment for mm. But the world doesn't end. What doesn't end? And all those poor fishermen. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, that were all like trapped on the island digging up this tomb for this company. Well, they all got saved. Yes. Yeah. Spoiler Did you say what your your judgment no. was? Uh, my judgment is complex. Yeah. With a like a. I think he is more complex than Charlie. So of the extended absences. Yeah. So I'd say Charlie is complex with the lowercase c and he is complex with the capital C. Yeah. I mean, he's very valid when he's there, but he's not always there, you yeah. know? Yeah, that's fair. Okay, I agree. Complex is good. What's our time looking like? Uh, what time is it? It is uh, oh almost God. 42 minutes long at the moment. Um, I can cut all of this out. We should, though, say... Um, did, you set up, did you set up a Twitter yet? No, I haven't. Okay, we do that we later. Do at the end. Yeah, it's fine. Um, you haven't given me the email address. I told you what it was. I just haven't got you logged in yet. Okay, yeah. So, um, thank I'm you for listening. Organized. I'll say that again. So we're not both talking at the same time. <laughs> Thank you for listening to our first episode of our podcast. Um, we'll be back to rate more fictional dads. I think we've got The Witcher coming up at some point, mm-hmm. The Mandalorian. When other... we get Disney Plus here. Yeah. Oh, just steal it. We would never do that. No. Absolutely not. Please don't kill us. Yeah, please don't kill us. Yeah. Um, uh, if you have any suggestions, comments, feedback, um, nice things only. Please do not send us death threats. Um, you we can, will ignore them. Yeah, we so. will ignore them. You can, or we could embarrassingly read them out and then laugh about them. Yes, perfect. Um, you can email us at we rate the dads at gmail.com and eventually we'll get Twitter sorted. So, you know, stay tuned. All right. Peace out. Peace. <laughs>